and welcome back to the Martial Arts Mania Podcast. I'm AJ. And I'm Gavin. Hello, Gavin. Welcome. How are you? Oh, wow. We've uh, got your Optimus Prime voice going on. What's Optimus AI? Oh, okay. I can see that. I can see that. Thank you for joining today. Special episode. Well, you better Very ho- good. You better hope that, uh, you know, SAG doesn't steal your voice and use it uh, without your permission. Oh, yeah, because, yeah, you know they do that. Oh, yeah. Son, son, let me tell you something. Anyway, uh, here we are, Tuesday afternoon, recording uh, our new Last Second Time. Hopefully, we're going to be switching back to the old model, but not that it really makes a huge difference for you guys, but here we are. We are talking about a brand new movie today, uh, for better or worse. Hot off off the streaming presses. That is correct. Uh, So, yeah, we are... I don't know if excited is the word, but we are ready to discuss this brand new film. But first things first, how are you, good sir? I'm, I'm doing quite well. Excellent. What's How new? about yourself? Uh, I'm same old, same old. Just uh, a lot of very uh, good training in the last few days. So here in Fresno, we have a very famous... Well. I mean, the Muay Thai gym I train out of, uh, Malapet, Sasaprapa USA, Malapet's gym. Malapet is a very, very famous world champion, Muay Thai fighter. Uh, 20 years ago or so, he was like one of the top guys, you know, in the sport. Very, very famous. He happened to just end up in the Fresno area, open up a gym. And I'm blessed that it's literally 10 minutes down the street from me. Uh, So we... Uh, he's been hosting for the last few days another very famous champion who came to do a seminar, uh, Lordzilla, who Ooh, once again very nice. another very famous multi-time world Muay Thai and kickboxing champion. Uh, and so I did his seminar on Saturday, and he's he's very much known uh, as one of the dynamic like Muay Thai fighters, like Sanchai, who most people know just even from social media. People have seen he's the very uh, I, I hate to use the word unorthodox, but Dynamic moving, uh, tricky kicks, uh, question mark kicks, switch stances, you know, very similar uh, to like our Sugarfoot kickboxing style, right? And so Lurzilla yeah. is one of the other guys that fights like that. So it was very interesting for me to take this seminar with him uh, and learn his tricks of the trade because it's similar to the stuff that we've done in Sugarfoot kickboxing, but kind of uh, on a Muay Thai base. So I decided to do a private lesson with him today. Oh, wow. Yeah, because yesterday uh, I didn't know he was still going to be there. I show up to the gym just for normal class uh, in that afternoon. And he was there and I was like, oh, okay, well, you're, he's still here. And Mel Pitt's like, yeah, you know, he's doing uh, private lessons for everybody wants a private. Uh, he's like, I think you should really do a private with him because your styles are so similar, right? You know, Mel Pitt's a little bit different. He's a little bit more of kind of the, you know, uh, not still, but just very strong base, like counter kick, strong, uh, very strong kicks and punches. And whereas... Lordzilla is the, you know, the moving around, stick and move, stick and move, point, 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 which is my style. So he's like, I think you should really do a private lesson with him. I was like, well, does he have time? And there's plenty of time today. So I decided to, and it was a great decision because, you know, we did uh, 30 minutes of pad work and technique stuff that, because uh, I I did, uh, me and my partner in the seminar, we were the ones that he was using as like his uh, demonstration dummies. Mm-hmm. So he kind of had his eye on us. So he's like, okay, you know, I watched you during the seminar. This is the stuff I want us to work on. So he had like kind of four base combinations 
that evolved from one thing to the next that we worked on. So we did like 30 minutes of good, fast-paced, like kind of pad work. And then we did what would be like 20, 30 minutes of sparring. That's fantastic. Yeah. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. So it's uh, definitely, you know, not uh, not obviously like fight camp sparring where you're going practically 100%, but, you know, just kind of, you know, light to medium moving around sparring and man, his, his distance, he, and he was famous, not only his nickname was lightning, but he was not only famous for his speed and tricky techniques, but also, uh, his evasiveness and his distance control. Like right as you think you're going to land something, he's just out of the way of it. And you're like, what the heck? Like, so <laughs> I was, I was definitely a little trigger shy because I saw some footage of him, uh, sparring with some of the people in the class in the evening class yesterday. And I'm like, Ooh, I don't want to get swept. So I was, I was a little, <laughs> I was a little trigger shy. I didn't want my kicks to get caught and swept, but, uh, it was good. I, I was really trying to work the techniques that he had been teaching me and that's what he wanted me to do. So, uh, yeah, definitely some, some great stuff I learned from him and his English is fantastic because he lived in America for a long time. Uh, I know. So that was another thing because I'm a sucker, not only for seminars, but private lessons. As I tell people over the years, I've probably spent close to 10,000 US dollars on private lessons just because when you, when it's worth it, it's worth it. And if you truly want to get to that next step. And as I always jokingly tell people, I'm not a natural whatsoever. I, I did not really have any skills to bring to the game, zero athleticism. So I've had to work really hard to even get to the base level I'm at now. But I've, I've seen the value in private lessons, you know, whether it's just someone visiting or your actual instructor, definitely mm -hmm. worth the time and money and investment in yourself if you truly want to be the best martial artist you can be. So, uh, yeah, but also because his English was so good, I knew there'd be no communication issues. Because like, even when I was in China, I had done private lessons because sometimes that was my only choice when I wanted to learn Sanda. And this was before my Mandarin was, you know, at a like kind of conversationally fluent level. And I remember taking classes with guys that spoke zero English. I spoke zero Mandarin. And there's only, you know, so much you can learn. You can't learn the intricacies, right? So yeah, yeah great training uh, today with that. So yeah, that's that's what I've been up to. Just you that's know, that's really cool. Living, that's, living that's that actually very life. cool. Yeah, yeah. So what have you been doing martial arts wise? Uh, what actually, you know, that's funny. You should ask. I have been doing something martial arts wise. Uh, streaming, uh, not not just movies, but um, some workouts because I oh. feel like I just wanted something different. So I looked up some kickboxing classes online, some kind of cardio kickboxing, you know, and. Uh, I did, I've done a handful and there's one teacher that I actually kind of enjoyed, Utah Lee. Okay. Not I familiar. think she's like a Nike master trainer. Okay. But, uh, you know, it's, it's always interesting taking, taking a class online that's different, uh, than what you're used to and essentially got me to really think about my hooks a little bit. Uh, I think the camera angles, because they're doing a double camera angle, just made me kind of observe myself a little bit, which was which was a lot of fun. I mean, it, obviously, it's just car it's a cardio training, so just a, a chance to sweat and build my cardio, you know, for the Tuesday and Wednesday night soccer leagues I'm in right now. But uh, also, it was nice to walk away with thinking, oh, I'm I'm hearing. PD in this class, mm -hmm. not exactly, but I'm seeing, seeing with the camera angles and I'm seeing that Dracula's cape, you know, so it, it was, it was good. It was nice. It was a nice, it was an unexpected surprise. I remember, uh, taking a moment to think, oh, that I'm actually walking away with not just, uh, having sweat, but actually, uh, having an, not, if not an improved hook, uh, keen attention to what PD has been saying. And I finally was able to lift my elbow a little higher. 
Awesome. I love it. That's great. Yeah, no, I'm a huge fan of uh, cardio kickboxing for recreational fitness and also for fighters. Now, obviously, it's going to be a little bit different for fighters, but my very first uh, coach, the great Jerome Tricon, uh, French champion, European champion, uh, legend in the sport, uh, he was very big. We started every class with like a cardio kickboxing style warm up. But the funny part is, from what I recall, he didn't like music to be playing. Like it was uh-huh. just, we did like kind of cardio kickboxing moves like and one and two and one, but with without music. So I remember one wow. time someone tried playing music and he was like not having it. So, but even still like for uh, what would be, you know, his, it was, it was kind of like an in-between civilian slash fighters class, right? As their civilian as PD would say, or Sugarfoot would say. But uh, we always start off with like cardio kickboxing style. And even, you know, I have my completely equipmentless uh, kickboxing workout I put you through where it's not exactly cardio kickboxing, but it's like high intensity shadow boxing, mm-hmm. which shares similar elements. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, and I do that workout usually once a week. And when I go on vacation next week, my, uh, Jessica and I's first vacation since 2017, what, what, uh, we're going to be in Tahoe and I'm going to probably be doing that maybe three days a week just so I can be outside and on the beach. Cause my goal is to, even when I'm on vacation, I still train, every day, at least once a day. And I'm going to try to do, my goal is to like work out every morning and then in the afternoon do some sort of lake activity, whether it's kayaking or whatever. But I want to be outside for every workout. Even in the mornings when it's cool, I want to be outside just in the beautiful Lake Lake Tahoe area. There might be two I I have to do in the gym uh, at our resort, but it's uh, my goal is to be outside as much as possible. So running on the the beach, doing some shadow boxing, yeah. That sounds wonderful. I mean, it's like, it's like uh, you know, over over the COVID lockdown, when I was working on, uh, you know, Sifu Don's uh, forms, like in Hawaii, and you know, when I was visiting family, kind of an extended stay there. Uh, but yeah, it just it to be able to to have something like a structure, uh, like your like your like shadow kickboxing and taking it outside on vacation just taking in the fresh air the new elements i think you're gonna have a great time i'm looking forward to hearing stories and seeing maybe some video and uh and photos yeah because it's funny our our place we're staying has a nice little gym which has almost pretty much everything i need for you know at the hotel gym but because i plan to do these outdoor workouts when we leave, Jessica's going to be like, why is there all this workout stuff in the car? She's going to see all the kettlebells and the chains. And the, I'm going to be like, um, Rocky, outside, brah. But uh, anywho, uh, yeah, training martial arts. That's that's our, our shtick. We always love to talk about that. But do you have a movie quote for me today, good sir? I do have two. All right. And if if these are really complicated for you, hmm. uh, I can do the voices. I can do the line reading, but first I'm just going to give it to you as dry as possible. Okay. First one. Who am I? Uh, who am I by Jack, uh, Jackie Chan? Well, are you sure? You want me to do the line reading for well, you? Well, I mean, that's not fair because that is technically correct. He says- Well, the, the line reading is- I, Okay, then yeah. do the line Oh, there you go. You just say, who am I? See, oh, then I'm- Yeah, I'm right. Oh, you, okay. you jerk. Okay. Okay. The next one. This one might be stretching it a little bit. So again, I can do the line reading for you. Looks like a sort of a big turtle in a trench coat. <laughs> we I'll, do, I'll do the, the line no, no, reading for you. It's the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Looks like a sort of big turtle, turtle in a trench coat. 
You're going cool. to Lombardi or Lombardi. Wait, what does he say? What street does he say? He says you're going to. I don't know New York that well, but it's something like Lombardia or uh, Laguardia, Laguardia, and Fifth yeah, yeah. or something. I forget. Like, yeah. Also, you got it. Good. That's good. Yeah. I, oh, I, wanted yeah. to, I wanted to go. There's a neat reason I went simple today and also with Jackie Chan and like kind of kids oriented. Yeah. Because it's Jackie Chan. Because it's Jackie Chan, uh, who has done some straight kids movies, not exactly the best. But today we are talking about the, I'm going to say 2023 because that's when it came out here on Netflix. 2023 action film. Action comedy. Action comedy, I guess. <laughs> Netflix action comedy film, Hidden Strike. It was hidden from the public for yeah. two years for a while. or more. Starring Jackie Chan and starring John Cena, directed by Scott Waugh. And it has a lot of interesting people, both in front of and behind the camera, which we'll get to. Uh, now, this film has been on the shelf for years now. They filmed it, I want to say, five years ago. That's and, that's, that's what I hear. And I, I'm sure part of that had to do with COVID. I'm sure they were holding onto it for a bit for whatever reason. And it, it's gone through a bunch of different titles. Like, I remember it being Snafu, like we said. Uh, I think it had one other one before his, they settled on Hidden Strike. And yeah, it's... Any time a film of this magnitude is on the shelf for that long, it's most likely not for a good reason. And this movie definitely falls in line with that theory. Now, with 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 some redeeming with qualities, some redeeming still. qualities, and we're going to get to that. So here's the deal: like we try to be honest when we review stuff. So that's why a lot of times we review stuff we love. But when it comes to current topical or whatever films that have just come out, you know, we don't necessarily have that luxury and it's going to be, we have to give our honest opinion. And I watched it first and I I even said to Gavin, it's, there's, uh, the, the film, if I could sum it up in one word, would be disjointed. It's yes. just a mess in a sense. Uh, <laughs> I like how... Sum it up, disjointed. It's a mess. Yeah, I, well, because like disjointed would be, it's a, because when you say it's a mess, that automatically makes you think every single thing's wrong with it, which isn't necessarily the case. It's so that's why I say disjointed because it's, it's almost like this film was written by AI. Uh, and mm. Mm. <laughs> and I'm not saying it was because this was obviously years ago still, but this is the example of, in my mind right now. If you were to have AI, say AI write an action comedy film starring Jackie Chan and John Cena set in the Middle East about oil or something, this is what <laughs> it would come up with. And, you might get a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> if you speak that out too loud to Siri. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So because... When I initially texted Gavin, I, as I said, I said, you know what? There's some great performances in this film, but it's almost like each performance belongs to a different film and they were all just thrown into this one movie. Hence why the whole, I'm saying like AI type thing, it's, it's, there's a, a human element missing. There's a gazillion plot holes and 
even with some of the action, there's moments where it, it hints at classic Jackie and you had such talented people behind the scenes. Obviously, Jackie's whole team is talented. Uh, he Jun has done tons of movies. You had Max Huang in there as a stunt coordinator. You have Tim Mann both in front of and behind the camera. You've got Jackie there, all these super talented people. Even our director, Scott Waugh, has directed other big action pictures. Yet you get these hints of leaning towards something great and then it falls short or they go the complete wrong direction and suddenly go completely CGI. It's it's like it's caught between trying to be a Western action buddy comedy, but also one for the Chinese market. And I think that was initially their whole goal. And probably after filming the movie, they're like, huh, you can't really do that that successfully. Uh, I mean, just like they had announced a couple years back, they were going to be doing the remake of a Vietnamese action movie, I think, starring Chris Pratt and Wu Jing. And I don't think anything ever came of that. They even did some press stuff. I mean, Wu Jing is in the the Meg 2 with Jason Statham. But that's a little mm-hmm. bit different. It's more of a genre type film, like a horror film, I guess. But it, it, it's almost like they were trying to combine too many different elements and it, it just didn't work out. It's like you can put pretty much anything on a pizza and it would be delicious. Should you? No. And it may even be like, huh, there's nothing wrong with this pizza. There's nothing wrong with this random thing I put on top of it. But together, yeah, it doesn't work. It's it's essentially that's that's it's like a veg veggie pizza uh with with uh salami or sausage and it's been two hours in the box. So it's like a little the, – the cheese has like started to separate from from the uh, the toppings. That's a great – a really great analogy. Uh, I, I can't – I couldn't think of a better one because it's, it's almost as if the scenes are shot in bubbles. And like you say written by AI, it's almost like written by algorithms. There's like a mm-hmm. scene where I'm watching mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so that was in that was in Romo in the Bronx mm-hmm. in a way. There's other scenes that you feel that come from all of so many of uh, Jackie's uh, top films. I remember when we were uh, sort of working on – sorry, Otis is snoring and I have bacon bits to – keep him from snoring we were working on uh, when i was working on martial law there was when they got to episode four or five uh they had writers who were new to him and essentially these writers they had a few about a month to work on the script so they were renting a lot of samuel's old movies so like when i read the script it was like this from eastern condors this from that this from that they're like trying to put together like a resume film for him for the american audience and it worked that episode worked that's the one with mark dacascos uh however sometimes when you're just pulling greatest greatest hits from elements and they don't come together and then you also have scenes that almost work but then the very next scene it's like wait they were at this location now they're at this a different location, but it's the same characters or it, it just feels like there's a lot of bubble, a lot of CGI, a lot of green screen that, that, as you said, you lose the human element, but well, I'll just say you lose the human element, then I'll yield the floor and then we can talk about the butt later. Well, yeah, it's not only derivative of Jackie's previous work and sometimes that's okay. We've seen that in the past where, you mm-hmm. know, he kind of pays homage to himself from his Hong Kong films and his Western (laughs) ones, but it's also derivative of other films with this similar setting. But rather than just 
actually trying to replicate what they did. It's like they did a watered down version of that and it just doesn't work. So the whole, even the action setting in uh, the dust storm with the caravan and everything else, it's like, okay, this is obviously kind of ripping off George Miller and the Mad Max Fury Road. <laughs> I, I don't know what I was about to say there. Mad Max Fury Road, right? Which, But guess what? That how that was done? Traditional old school stunt work. In fact, I believe in a recent interview with Richard Norton, he was saying how they didn't use any CGI. They had to recruit all those stuntmen on the poles from the circus. Like they did everything for real and that's why it worked. Do we get that here? Absolutely not. It's all CGI. And I mean, it's much better than even a lot of uh, the mainland Chinese film CGI from a few years back, but still doesn't help because it's still very obviously CGI. Second, they, it's almost kind of, it's obviously derivative of the slightly, or I shouldn't say slightly, highly like jingoistic, you know, mainland Chinese rah-rah-rah uh, films, which once again, nothing wrong with that. We do those kind of movies too. We do Top Gun. We do our I Love America movies. Cool. You know, that's that. I'm not saying that's an issue. But what I'm saying is you look at a film like, for example, most comparable, this would be like Wolf Warrior 2, but they mm-hmm. go all in. They go on big, crazy stunts and explosions and huge action set pieces. And here, I feel like they were almost a little cheap in that sense. And it's they didn't go kind of all in on the patriotic Chinese uh, soldier element, because once again, they're trying to sell it for both markets. They're caught in this weird in-between, and we're not getting any of those giant action set pieces, whether it be specifically kind of the desert setting like uh, Mad Max with the caravan or more of just the Middle East type setting Mm -hmm. with uh, something like Wolf Warrior 2, which Wolf Warrior 2 was a massive hit in China, obviously, but also I think, you know, was decently popular amongst action fans here, even though it had that element of raw, raw, China, China, you know, it doesn't matter. It's like, okay, I know what I'm watching. Uh, I'm, you know, just here to enjoy this cool action movie. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it can't quite decide what market it it wants to be for. There there was a period in Jackie Chan's filmographies during during like I'd say the tail end of the of his like where he was just spewing out like great work, although I guess you wouldn't usually say spewing and great together, but he would have his Hong Kong market film, his American market film, and his international market film, which again is one of the reasons why I quoted "Who Am I?" Like there's Accidental Spy. There are these films that that felt like an oh here's the international production, and so they pull in a lot of elements uh, to to just cast a super wide net. And those films never felt like his best work, but also felt super fun and super organic. Like, I mean, the clog fighting scene in, um, and who am I? The, the, everything that took place in the building in the in the climax on the roof on the side of the building as they're coming down even working their way up to the building the roof there are elements in that film that are just so memorable uh same with accidental spy there's some phenomenal moments in in that film throughout great look i think what what happened with this international film which is probably definitely more mainland china but uh it had that like trying to pitch it as an international film. What it lost was the location. We didn't have a real location, which mm-hmm. is okay because in uh, Operation Condor, uh, it wasn't a real location. Uh, Eastern Condors, the end of that is not a real location. I know I'm going into Samo cinematography or filmography there, but 
when you don't have a location, some something like when you're doing these global films, you need an exotic location to the audience that becomes like this magnet for everyone from around the world to watch it. And it being so shot inside of a, a studio with green screen, I think lost me a little bit and probably also lost the performers. It didn't put them in like an authentic space. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, we'll probably talk about some of the performances. We'll talk about some of you know, the, I think the limitations of John Cena's character, I don't, I think he has a, he's shown that he can be great as a live performer. He's shown that he can be great in some films, very funny, in fact, and TV series, but in a setting where it's completely unnatural, I think as someone who was a live performer in front of a green screen, all of a sudden he's trying to perform to maybe the camera crew behind the camera. And it just, there was something that seemed lost. He was trying to go bigger when when the background should have been the bigness and he could have delved like delve or dove more into his character. And uh, all great points. And, you know, John Cena has a great comedic ability and comedic timing. And since we've seen that, especially in Peacemaker, uh, the TV series. Now, the issue here is you could tell I think he did a lot of improvisation, which you even see mm -hmm. in the end credits. And Aside from one sequence that's very kind of graphic, I'm like, whoa, John yeah. Cena. <laughs> but uh, it, it it's but it wasn't the right humor for this setting. But I don't know what would have been because last thing before we get in the actual plot is another element they're trying to recapture is or kind of uh, utilize is for lack of a better term the buddy cop action uh, genre, like uh, which Jackie has. In the prime of his American career, he literally did one of the greatest buddy cop films ever made in Rush Hour. But he did three stellar buddy comedy films. Or, I mean, you could say four maybe, but three really, Rush Hour 1 and 2 and Shanghai Noon. And these films are still to this day super enjoyable. And if you notice, I, le I left out Shanghai Nights, which isn't terrible. Shanghai Nights is a entertaining film so yeah. we'll just say the rush hour in shanghai new well, series because some people like rush hour three i didn't really rush hour three i just did not enjoy and I, even, I, i've rewatched and still not enjoyed I, I think you and i have a similar take on that movie i want to enjoy that film so much and every time i watch it i get to a point where i'm like i can't i'm not gonna enjoy it as much yeah. i know this already but like but, i'm gonna but, let you finish real, your thought yeah. and then i want to take a pin in that okay yeah because you know shanghai nights is i still enjoy but anyways so i mean but these films, let's look at why they weren't and where they didn't work. They were made for American audiences. They had the people behind the camera were of that style and the humor, everything else. When you look at someone like Chris Tucker, uh, Owen Wilson, these are Chris Tucker being obviously a very uh, famous and hilarious stand-up comedian, Owen Wilson being a very funny comedic actor, but both very American styles of humor. And Jackie was able to deliver on those, but these films aren't weren't the biggest hits in the Asian market, obviously. So here, it's like you're trying to almost recapture that buddy cop or buddy action film element, but you don't know who's localized humor to use, and you're trying to make it kind of broad, which is possible, but it just doesn't work out. And it's almost like they were too indecisive of who mm. they really wanted to market this film 
for or they were overly ambitious and thought just the great performing abilities of both Jackie and John Cena would be able to supersede some of these limitations and just work. And unfortunately, it just didn't. You, that that's a completely spot on assessment. I mean, uh, where, where I said I wanted to take a pin and I want to pull that pin out, like Jackie Chan's ability to have give and take on film, obviously with Chris Tucker, Owen Wilson, it's phenomenal. But even if you look at Rush Hour 2 and his one scene with Don Cheadle, fantastic. His ability to give and take with a, with a performer that has a proper script, it it really works because when you okay re- remove the because so let's shift to this film for a second when we talk about uh scott wall and the films that he's directed like expendables one thing that could have made this film work a little better or more so would actually be rather than focusing on the body cop element would be to grow some of the other supporting characters or get a few more larger cast leads in there because then all of a sudden you could have like like multitude of buddy cops throughout and then there you have like you can have that localized chinese humor and you can have the localized american humor and then crossover humor i think that's one thing that he handled really well in expendables because there are a lot of like duos and trios and clicks set throughout that film whereas in this film it's just at some point so americanized with uh with john cena and so international but also so chinese with jackie chan and then at one point like uh John Cena leapfrogs and goes full on Chinese comedy, which I think when they did, there are a few scenes where they're going full on Chinese comedy. It it kind of worked. And then there's some scenes where they're trying to do full on American comedy and it almost worked. But then it was like, there was this like element that didn't click completely, which was too bad. Uh, And I think you can see it in the outtakes. You mentioned the outtakes and being a little like, there's kind of like some dirty humor from John Cena. It's just like, I was surprised that that even made it into a, a Jackie film, but then like Jackie's like, I don't know what he's saying. And it's like, you would think a producer would have been like, I know what he's saying. Jackie, you don't want that in your film. Yeah. uh, Great assessment. And the thing is people would be like, oh, well, Jackie's the king of action comedies even before America and this and that. Well, not to get too specific, but I think a lot of that had to do with it was more of the Hong Kong style. Whereas for the last 15 years, pretty much he is now switched over to more of the mainland Chinese market, different sense of humor. I mm-hmm. mean, some of the stuff is definitely translatable and everything, but like, cause even the, the last, in my opinion, true, like Hong Kong, Jackie Chan style movie he made was Rob B. Hood okay. uh, with Louis Koo. And you know, there's yes. some great, old school Jackie style humor and action in that. Uh, and that's kind of the the closest, that style of Jackie is the one like international can sell to both markets type humor, mm-hmm. but that's not what we get here. So let's get into talking about the plot real quick. So <laughs> depending where you read about it and in the movie itself and even the trailers, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm a little confused. I even you read it the plot synopsis on IMDb and it says Baghdad. I don't remember them ever saying what country they're in. Uh, yeah, they no, don't. I, I, it's like they keep it as neutral as possible. So that's not correct. Also, in the trailer, if I'm not mistaken, on Netflix, they say in the not too distant future, but there's no implication it's the future when you're watching the film, right? Unless they put up like a real quick, uh, you know, 2032 setting or something, and I blinked and missed it. Uh, did you see anything like that? I 
Do not recall. Exactly. I don't think so. That was just the trailer, like, in the not-too-distant future. Or maybe it was the not-too-distant future when they filmed it five years ago. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now it's just caught up. I'm just uh, joking. But, uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's a non-specific Middle Eastern country where there is a Chinese-owned oil... uh, what, what refinery it? refinery okay yeah where pretty much they're producing oil they are forced to evacuate because of like terrorist threats they, it's, yeah yeah it's not a, it's kind of they really brush past it so jackie and his team a military unit from china are sent in to evacuate them a majority of the staff is chinese there's some foreigners in there too now some are evacuated via helicopter, but for some reason, the rest are done in a caravan of buses and not even that military-esque, but just buses, including the most important people. And at the same time, a group of mercenaries decide to swarm them in order to kidnap one of the main scientists in order to, because they're going to be shutting down this factory. Uh, And so they want to kidnap her to get all of her passcodes and everything so they can restart up the factory and do the biggest oil heist of all time, stealing all the oil there, having it sent directly to a ship on the coast through the secret underground pipes they have. Now, John Cena's character comes in because he's a military contractor who lives there permanently. Uh, We find out later he was originally uh, like part of a unit that was his dad and brother and his dad got killed. Uh, and he's kind of tricked in to joining these mercenaries, uh, cause he doesn't know who's truly leading them. It's a guy who he thinks is his friend, but ends up as not. So he's tricked into helping them kidnap the scientist. But then when they want him to help finish like the rest of the job, he's like, no, I'm out. This is ridiculous. Just, just pay me at six yep. o'clock tonight. Yep. And then, so he leaves and then the bad guy <laughs> ends up killing John Cena's brother and the rest of that crew because he never intended to pay them. And then they come after John Cena as Jackie Chan also discovers John Cena while trying to track down the missing scientists. So then they team up to get the bad guy because, you know, Jackie realizes, oh, John Cena is not a bad guy. He was tricked into it. Uh, They killed his brother. Okay, so they team up to try to rescue the hostages and stop this plot to steal all the oil. I think that's about right. Correct. Yes. Yes. So uh, John Cena lives in a village that doesn't right. have running water. So, and yeah. the guy who thinks is his friend is also the plumber of the village and can't get the well going. So and he that's says, how he tricked him into joining yeah. his brother's crew. So because John Cena only even did the job to get a hundred thousand dollars. So to he could get, pay for the well to work again. Right. Because he lives in this village with all these orphans that he takes care of. Once again, that a is- very kind of AI, you know, generated <laughs> plot device where you're just like, oh, see, he's that's why he still lives there. He takes care of these poor village children. And uh, I mean, there's some sincerity to some of the scenes. And even there's a, a scene where he's like singing old McDonald with the kids. I mean, it, it gave me direct flashbacks to my years teaching ESL English in China. Huh. Uh, but then in the Jackie comes in and they, they kind of have a random Abbott and Costello back and forth comedy bit, uh, which once again, you're like, I, I guess there's nothing uh, really wrong with this. It's just another one of those random elements. Oh, yeah. And obviously a very important plot element is that Jackie's daughter is one of the scientists who he has a very broken relationship with because when her mother passed away, Jackie couldn't even be there to take care of them because he was on a top secret mission. So she hates her dad. So Jackie's trying to 
uh, you know, win her over, and then she ends up with them and John Cena and et cetera, et cetera. So there's a, obviously a lot going on. And then there's also a gazillion plot holes, like how certain characters end up in certain spots, why motivation or lack thereof. Yeah. So. Um, so. So. With that said. Yes. There are some redeeming qualities. Some redeeming qualities. Once again, Jackie, in some of the more dramatic moments he has with his daughter and stuff, it's like, yeah, it's cheesy, but Jackie is still a great actor. He always has been, always will be. And you're like, oh, I just wish he can utilize this in better roles, like something like The Foreigner he had from a couple years back, where obviously I have my critiques with some of the action elements of that. But Jackie and, you know, even in Karate Kid, I thought his acting performance was phenomenal. He's such a good actor. So even during some of these cheesy, hokey scenes, you see how good he is, right? And same thing with John Cena. John Cena, as we mentioned, great comedic timing. I think he's become... Uh, he's just, it's been really hard to find the right vehicle for him in the term, in terms of a film for a movie. Uh, and this was not it, but you know, he still has a great physicality and presence, but it's not used in the right way, especially when it comes to the action scenes. I'm going to say something that's probably controversial, Mm -hmm. but if this is how the film was going to turn out, if this is how it was going to turn out, this was probably a missed opportunity. I I, I I don't even know if it's going to come out of my mouth, but I'm going to say it. For a recast, I mean, of course, like if we're doing a recast, I would have loved to have seen Richard Norton in here in like a martial arts scene, fight scene between the, the two guys who then become friends, yada, yada, yada. But an opportunity for Steven Seagal to be in a Jackie Chan film. I'm just going to say it. It's basically a straight to streaming. Uh, we're, we're not recording these videos yet. I wish I wish we were so you could see AJ's face, but I mean, come on. There's no other there's no other film where they could have worked together ever in their lives. This is the only one, and we and the audience has lost out on that opportunity because that would have been a beautiful train wreck. Well, and next thing you're gonna say is, I'm pretty sure. UNBI was doubling John Cena in there. (laughs) (laughs) But no, there was one scene, right? (laughs) But no, it's, I mean, actually, in all honesty, that is a, a, like, this would have been the vehicle to do that, right? But, oh God, could you even imagine that? (laughs) That would have have been off the rails amazing. Right. So we've talked about some of uh, (laughs) the action stuff briefly, but, and that's the thing, there's some great setups for some great action scenes and there are some moments within the action scenes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we said, there's some great people working behind the scenes, even my buddy, Max Huang, and he gets a, uh, he's in the film too. He's the Mm -hmm. one that draws the X on the bus. And so he has a brief little role and it's that that's in like Tim Mann, you have someone like Tim Mann, but they totally underutilized. Can can you, you know, it's most of our listeners know these folks, right. but since our listeners are blowing up right now, bro, Bruh. can can you uh, can you uh, give a little quick background on uh, Tim Mann and Max Wong? Yeah, sure. So Max Wong, member of the Jack Chan stunt team, uh, German Chinese martial artist, incredible wushu performer. He started as Kung Lao in Mortal Kombat, and he's returning as Kung Lao in Mortal Kombat Part Two. Uh, he was a stunt coordinator on this, and he has a brief part uh, in the film as one of the kind of mercenaries that's infiltrated the buses before the mercenaries take over. So he draws like an X on the bus to let them know which one has the scientists. But, and then Tim Mann, I believe is a uh, Swedish 
uh, Chinese martial artist, uh, Taekwondo expert, incredible kicker. He's been working on the direct-to-video scene for like the last literally 20 years now, a bunch of Scott Atkins films. You may recognize him from Ninja 2 with his ending fight with Scott Atkins. Phenomenal mm-hmm. martial artist. Now, and th- there's that's some of the, the comedic bits that work is when John Cena keeps giving them nicknames, this crew. But then it's like they do that gag way too long and it's, you know, they beat it to death uh, or use it to death. But so like some of the action sequences, they're well executed. Obviously, Scott Waugh has done big action pictures, but then they're hurt by certain elements, like a little too much wire work for Jackie. And definitely John Cena's fight scene stuff he has, I I get they're trying to do the wrestling element, Mm -hmm. but they're doing it all with wires rather than just letting him like be a strong, aggressive punch, punch, pick up and throw. It's like, it's all done with wires and just doesn't look real. I'd rather have him like, a choke slam or uh, he picks up a guy and throws him over his shoulder, which he could easily do. He's John Cena and just, you know, the stuntmen, if they're small enough, nobody's even going to get hurt. They know how to fall. Uh, And like even the nighttime scene where the uh, mercenaries attack the village, it's like it has moments and even some of the CG stuff that's used in there is properly utilized and of good quality, but it just falls short. And that's like a scene that, quote unquote, is better than some of the other ones. Then it's like you have the fi- uh, the finale, the chase scene where they're chasing the bad guys through the desert. And so let's compare it to something like the Fast and Furious franchise, the, the, most, the more recent ones, right? I didn't see Fast 10, but we'll go to like Fast 9 where you're watching it. Now, any scientist or physicist or Sir Isaac Newton himself watching that would just be like, oh, my God, and like hit their forehead, right? We know physically everything they're doing is impossible. We know even the basic person knows it makes no sense what's happening. You know, a car cannot flip in that direction at that momentum or John Cena cannot fly through the air like that, change directions be going at 100 miles an hour, land on a windshield and catch somebody and then not be injured, right? But the difference is, first of all, great real effects mixed with great top-of-the-line CGI. And second, we see each step of the way. So we know that it doesn't make any sense in real life, but we know what's happening. And mm-hmm. we, as a viewer, can break it down and see, okay, from A, B, C, D, crash. Okay, it makes sense. In this film, what happens is, especially in the finale, during the the chase sequence, there's all this action going on, like a lot of flash, 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 flash. But it doesn't make any sense, like, how they get from point A to point C. Whereas in something like Fast and Furious, you see what's going on. Yeah, it's totally improbable, but you're like, okay, at least I understand where what just occurred. In this film, it's like, wait, how come that car is now blowing up in that way? Or wait, why are they suddenly attached to the dune buggy after the bus goes off the mountain cliff? Right? It's like, how did they get, wait, what? It's like you're, you're left confused even though even if there is some decent CGI or explosions or this or that, you're like, wait, that that doesn't make any sense. You, you, you lost me there. Uh, and that hurts a lot of those scenes. Uh, we already mentioned, obviously, John Cena's fight scenes where the recharge is not done correctly. Jackie has some moments where he looks really good. Yeah. Uh, I think, and he still, you know, he, he still has the tools to... It was in Police Story Lockdown about like 10 years ago now when I remember seeing that. I need to rewatch that where some of his fight scenes in that where I'm like, this is the future of Jackie. Utilizing things like Chin Na, or for listeners that don't know, Chin Na would be like the Chinese version of traditional like Aiki Jiu-Jitsu. So like joint manipulation, right? Mm-hmm. Like so Chin Na, like wrist locks and like, you know, Steven Seagal in a lesser sense, but, you know, more of the kind of tactical 
use of that. So like Chin Na stuff and what would be like Shuai Jiao or Chinese wrestling or Shuai Fao. So in other words, kind of like judo style hip throws and sweeps and trips and mm-hmm. chokes. This is the kind of stuff where I'm like, cool, because he could still, I mean, he is almost 70, but I'm like, this is the kind of stuff he could do through his 70s, right? Like very, absolutely, wing, like Wing Chun mixed with like Chin Na and Shuai Jiao. It's not as physically demanding. He's been doing it for so long. He could still do it. Uh, and he still looks good in a lot of the stuff he's doing here, but it's it's like right as it's starting, you're starting to get into it, they'll go and do some ridiculous wire work or do some- Yeah, they, they, yeah it's like, I mean, for me, that's that's been the issue for 12 years, 15 years. Yeah. I don't know with Jackie's films. I've always felt like he can start to play older because he is older. So, and him being older as a character, not- you know, we we see what he's doing at his age, and it's phenomenal work. But if he played that age, it would be jaw dropping, and then we wouldn't have to like suspend the disbelief of the audience and like throw in some outlandish wire work. He's always been a phenomenal performer at every in every decade of his life, and for him to for for the production to try to like, I don't want to say prop him up with wire work when what he's doing is pretty phenomenal. I know, I know like a lot of people like uh, aren't in love with the film bodyguard with Sam hung. And I know that there is some element of, ah, does that really work? But I love that final bar fight scene where he's out of breath. He's yeah. doing a lot of the locks he's doing. Like it's completely believable. And it feels completely authentic and organic. There's so many elements within this film, moments within this film where it's like, this feels really good. This might be my favorite non-foreigner, non-police story, non-Robbie Hood film of this recent era that we're in with uh, with Jackie. And then, and then there's some silly comedy and i hate to say that because you know i'm a huge comedy fan but just comedy that doesn't hit or wire work that just like we didn't need that i really didn't need that like i was enjoying the the fight on top of the on top of the uh uh pipes right well i was in like getting to that so before the the chase finale we have what is the the potential setup for a fantastic ending fight scene uh and it could have been And it didn't need to be, it starts off with John Cena, Jackie, pretty much against Tim Mann. As the main bad guy gets away, Tim Mann's holding them off pretty much. And Tim Mann is such a phenomenal performer that even if you want to do a straight fight scene with Jackie at his age, it would work because you let Tim Mann do all the intricate kicking and flipping and this and that. And let Jackie, as I said, utilize like a Wing Chun style, like ba ba ba, and then counterattack this. And he, you, you, you do all the heavy lifting with Tim Mann. Uh, and so it starts off with the three of them, and it it even has elements where you think that's what you're what you're gonna get. You're like, oh, Tim Man starts to kick. He said, oh, okay, now we're doing some like gags with the gun and the clip, and you're like, oh, okay, whatever. And then, oh, it's we're gonna get it. Oh no, okay, it's back to the kind of random comedy. Okay, okay, now John Cena's leaving to go after the bad guys. Jackie's left with Tim Man. Okay, now we're gonna get it. And then they like fall through a window. They're in a room, and then this is where we get another one of those examples of Jackie kind of utilizing past work that he's done and that's okay it could have been great because the the final fight between tim man and jackie takes elements from the rope factory fight in miracles 
Yes. And the wind tunnel fight in Operation Condor. And that would, that would have been totally fine. It would have been like an updated version of it. So instead of the ropes and the wind, we have some like bungee cords pretty much. Why they're there in the factory and what it utilizes, I don't know, but it looks believable. They're there. You're like, oh, okay. And so this this could have been the a really good setup for a modernized version of a classic Jackie bit. Uh, but we, we don't really get any of the one-on-one fight scene with tim man it kind of goes straight into the physical gags and even before the bungees are involved there's obvious wire work with them climbing up the walls and stuff you're like okay whatever well okay the bungee cord gag but then the next thing that happens is they bring in the element of kind of like a a fire retardant foam right so Mm -hmm. it pretty much ends up just looking like bubbles and this is obviously a way to you know most more than likely hide who's performing too which This is something like, for example, in Forbidden Kingdom, all the way back in 2008, instantly during the, 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 oh, the long way of fighting between Jet Li and Jackie Chan, I'm like, oh God, they're obviously being doubled because Jackie's got that giant dreadlock hair piece, which would make it very easy for a stunt person to hide and the big loose costume. So you can't even recognize the body. Same thing with Jet Li being in the big loose costume of the monk with a shaved head. You're like, oh man, I just want to see my heroes performing. And here, same yeah. thing. It's like you it's a a great way to hide who's doing the action. And but the thing is the bubbles also hide even the cool the visual action. element of the the bungee cords and the action. Exactly. So yeah. you're kind of like, oh my gosh. It just and, it could have been such a great scene and it fell so, 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 so short. I know. And so like there's still elements that I enjoyed in that scene yeah. and you, you've like pinpointed them and it's like there's something that's endearing about seeing Jackie like roll on the floor to put the clip in the gun and like seeing that in the outtakes where he got it wrong a few times yeah. and just rolls back. I'm like, you know what? He'll he'll feel that the next day, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the other element is the absolute professionalism of Jackie in – so many of these scenes, whether it's through his acting or you, and you definitely pick up on that in his, uh, in the outtakes where he's kind of giving a little bit of direction. Yes. But at the same time, it, it just feels like, I don't want to say he's chasing his tail, but it feels like so much of it is, it, he has it in his hand and it's like sand, like slipping through his hand. I'm not talking about father time here i'm talking about uh artistic judgment Mm. and it's like it's it's funny because it took so many years for it to come out but it also feels like it's not like miracles where it took so long to come out that the movie industry like golden harvest got a little concerned with him directing or operation condor taking so long for it to come out it's it's like Where's the care and where are the people around them who care? Uh, I know his team cares like the jet and I hate to like, cause I obviously I'm speaking from the outside as a, as a longtime fan, like fan from 1988, you know, longtime fan. And so like when I see him, I'm like, here is the professional. Even if he, even if he's not doing everything that he did, let's say in winners and sinners, he's doing everything he can do. And he's such a, anchor of professionalism i want him in films that showcase that professionalism that play to his strengths and also that allow others which he's done so often like i mean in gorgeous where he let brad where he where brad allen did so much of the hard work around him you exactly. know great great comparison that could have been our ending fight with tim mann i know 
I know. And it doesn't have to be like jumping off the walls. It can be like he's, you know, it's it's like, you know, we talk about kickboxing a lot. We talk about martial arts. We talk about soccer sometimes. It's like if if you know where the opponent, if you're what the opponent's after, if you stay you don't have to chase. The opponent can come for come to you. Yeah, and Tim Mann doesn't need wires. He does the kind of stuff that you'd think you would need wires, but you don't. Like, and that's yeah. And once again, Jackie's supposed to be a military guy. He can utilize military type tactics: catch a kick, yeah. sweep him, put him into like an ankle lock or of some sort, right? Uh, yeah, or heel hook, or I don't know anything like. Uh, and then have Tim Mann do a flip out of it. You know, it's yep. it, yeah. So I mean, I think well, that's a great way to end, right? I think yeah, I agree. Yeah, you 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 nailed it. Everything we're saying. Uh, final note. Also, doesn't really quite make sense where John how John Cena survives <laughs> when he just pops up. Like, like wait, I know where where did he come from? Like, not saying I, he should die, but I'm just saying they don't. It's another one of those elements where the ABC, like the crazy weird action, it doesn't make sense how he ends up where he ends up after all is said and done and is just alive you're like he's, oh. like, he's like wily e. coyote on that final yeah. moment yeah or and it's it, and you know it'd be okay if the whole film was wily e. coyote and looney yeah. tunes-esque but yeah. it's not only no. occasionally is it like when someone's life is in danger and the truck's going off the side of the hill then all of a sudden he disappears and then he's there on the cliff with them great great comparison uh yeah so i mean really i, I don't even want to give it a grade because no you it's know it's not going to uh, be good so you know what is it the worst film Jackie's done of his recent library of work over the last decade? No. And you know what? It's nice to, it was really nice to see when I opened my Netflix, uh, this being the number one streaming film. Yes. You know, it, it's, that's really nice to see because, you know, uh, he brought, he, he broke ground and he, is, he has, he might be like one of the greatest performer, director, visionary, action stars of all time. We could have that conversation sometime. Uh, he's definitely in that conversation. So I wish I wish him the best. And I wish with him getting the best, we get the best as an audience. And unfortunately, he did not get the best around him in this film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's it is what it is, folks. So do I recommend you go and watch this? No, I do not. You do not need to. If you are a hardcore Jackie fan, yes. Or if you are a hardcore John Cena fan, I'm, I'm sure mm -hmm. there's groups out there. Yes, yeah. but otherwise, you know what? Go and watch one of the classics instead. And hopefully in the future, maybe uh, some of these elements we've talked about will go into the next Jackie Chan movie. Maybe his next one he's doing with Stanley Tong uh, will at least decide what kind of movie it wants to be and go all in on that type of movie and it will work more cohesively. So I was going to say, you made a very great point. And if you're going to go watch the classics, a film that I think has not been necessarily seen as much as Rob B. Hood. Yes. I think that's, you mentioned it. That's a really fun, has a great Hong Kong feel to it film. Yep. Definitely. Uh, plus you and Biao. Yeah. He's okay. doubling everybody, right? <laughs> so uh, when I was thinking about language corner for today, I, I think I've taught us a, a lot of the words that first came to mind, like, oil and stuff. Cause I'm pretty sure I've taught us Jayo, which means like refill oil. It's the way they say, let's go, let's go. So I was like, well, I can't really teach oil. Uh, and then there's a few other ones. I was like, well, I've already done those. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to teach us Jackie Chan's Mandarin name. Okay. Chung Long. Chung Long. Yep. So it's not Chan, it's Chung Long. 
Changlong. Yes, yeah, and his long mean dragon. Yes, long is dragon. Very good. Same in Cantonese and Mandarin. And so in in Cantonese, his name uh, the stage name is Singlong, which. And so Chenglong and Singlong means like already a dragon or already becoming a dragon. That was like the stage name they gave him. Nice. Uh, like, so it's kind of like to become or to already be the dragon. And so that was the stage name he was given. So obviously this is not his family name, but Chenglong is his. Chenglong. Yeah. So not Cheng, more like Chenglong. Changlong. Yeah, kind of sounds like Chan almost when you say it, like fast. Like, if I, like when I'm talking to someone, uh, you know, I, I would tell them, oh, kan Changlong de like, you know, I just say it really fast so that, <laughs> but th- th- they get who I'm, I'm obviously saying. As I always joke, Mandarin's the one language, the faster you speak it, the better they're going to understand you. Because if you speak it too slow and if you're the slightest bit off with something, then they're going to be like, what did you say? But, you know, if I say it super fast and just let it all blend together, they'll, it's the, the weirdest thing. Okay, uh, so we will uh, be back next week, even though I'm going to be on vacation. We're going to be recording hopefully this Friday. And then mm-hmm. if not, we'll just have to record while I'm in Lake Tahoe. Sound, both, either way sounds good to me. Yep. So good episode, my friend. Uh, Likewise. We will chat soon. Sounds good. Peace.